Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Dean Mackin on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Uh, We are over the hump. We are well and truly on the way to the weekend, it being Thursday. And a big uh, welcome back to Chris Smith. Uh, Fantastic to have Chris back. And for those of you that don't have video, you will be unaware he's got a very stylish looking goatee now. And it does look very good. And if you didn't get to see that, it's because you're still listening. So uh, we're now TNT. We're going to refer to ourselves as TNT. Not so much TNT radio anymore because we would like to encourage you to get onto our video format very, very much. It's uh, it's pretty good, actually. I, I prefer it. I definitely prefer it uh, when Katie Hopkins comes on after my program finishes. I sit back and, um, and I watch her program and it's just absolutely wonderful to do and it's very engaging and something that I would very much encourage you to do. And you can check out Chris's new goatee, which is even better. So uh, thanks for joining us today here at TNT. And we've got some terrific guests coming up. Of course, imminently, we're talking to Gemma Cooper. All of you who have been following this program for a long, long time will know Jeremy Beck very well. I'll be having a chat with him as well, including Steve Dixon, MP up in Queensland. He's done a whole bunch of stuff over the years. Politically, I've been following him for a long, long time. He's pretty fair income and he's a good fella too. We'll be talking about uh, a bunch of things and what to expect in the new year, especially up Queensland way. He certainly got his finger on the Queensland pulse and the pulse of Australia. Lots to talk about, lots going on, and this is just absolutely horrific. Now, for those of you who don't know what ambulance ramping means, it's a term, and it's got an official crossover point where it becomes ramping. So you're in an ambulance, you've been taken to hospital, yet they're on the ramp up into the emergency room to get triaged or whatever happens up there. Now, if you do not leave that ambulance, if you are still in that ambulance for 30 minutes, That's called ambulance ramping. Now, here in New South Wales, we have a policy, apparently, to keep that to to 90% where that doesn't happen. There shouldn't be more than 10% of the ambulances who ever have a patient in them for more than 30 minutes. One would consider that to be common sense. One would hope that the ultimate goal would be nobody is in that ambulance for more than 30 minutes. But it's before we even get into the story, have you ever heard about this happening prior you know, except for the last couple of years, do you remember this being a thing? Do you ever remember the term ambulance ramping? Do you ever remember anybody having to wait? I hope you're sitting down more than 10 hours to get an ambulance. And not just somebody, not just anybody, but somebody who ended up dying because they had to wait for 10 hours. I'll read you a bit of the story verbatim. Uh, South Australia's Ambulance Employees Association says a 54-year-old man died after waiting more than 10 hours for an ambulance in Adelaide's east. The union said that the man in Hectorville died on December 27 when there was a significant, that's an understatement, ramping across all of Adelaide Metropolitan Hospitals. The man made a call to Triple O for abdominal pain and vomiting. Didn't sound too bad initially. Uh, He was then triaged as an urgent priority five case requiring an ambulance to attend within one hour. One hour. So they already knew that this could potentially be quite dangerous. Now, I would consider that uh, I don't know what, you know, what their priority one is. That must be drop everything and head there. 
But to be an urgent priority case, given any kind of uh, number of priority, I would suggest one hour is pretty much too long. That doesn't sound overly urgent. I would suggest four or five minutes would be the kind of response time that one would be hoping for in most places. Now, ambulance were, ambulances were stuck in hospitals, ramping. Uh, they certainly couldn't get to these patients. In fact, uh, Josh Karpowitz said that 17 ambulance crews, 17 ambulance crews, were ramped at the Royal Adelaide Hospital on the night of the man's death. That is just one. One hospital has 17 ambulances lined up with the patients in there trying to offload them into the hospital so they can get about their business, which is picking up people and bringing them to the hospital. This is beyond horrific. It really is. He said that patients also ramped up at Flinders Medical Centre on the same night, and their ramping was seven hours, you know, 10 hours, seven hours. Um, are people, are you starting to get the idea there's something terribly wrong, not just in the hospitals, but don't forget, a lot of these hospitals still have staff who can't return to work because of mandates. Now, I would suggest that if you allowed a significant amount of these people who cannot currently return to work because they were intelligent enough, intuitive enough, smart enough not to take an experimental medical jab, then perhaps this fella wouldn't have died. So I think blood is on the hands of not just those who told people certain things were safe and effective, and certainly I'm starting to see that these things all tie together. Why would there be a, a, a ramping of 10 or 7 hours at these hospitals, one would argue? And again, why would you not allow these people as a matter of priority to come back? Also, you found it uh, quite okay to bring in a million people in recent times to this country. I wonder how many of those people were qualified to drive an ambulance or work in a hospital as a nurse or a doctor. No, probably not. They were probably the grandparents of people who are already here to go onto our already overtaxed medical system and to uh, get some free ca cash, some free welfare. Probably that's what's happening. And why? Because we, as a group, and I'm going to bring up the term rank cowardice because we're scared to speak up. We're scared to say anything. And I'm angry. I'm angry, buddy, reading that story. And uh, at what point do we say enough's enough? How do you go and apologise to this guy's family? Ten hours as the ram ambulance uh, ramped up. But I'll just get to the end because in the end, guess what? After he uh, got worse and uh, they'd already assessed him as a priority five patient, they then moved him up to a priority uh, one, I think it was, and then the ambulance got there within four minutes. Unfortunately, at that point, it was far too late. The patient had already died. Now, we need to fix this. We need to fix it imminently. In Australia, if you're going to bring in immigrants, why don't you only bring in ambulance, uh, immigrants who can drive ambulances, who can be nurses and doctors, and then only for a limited time until we can get our own situation and possibly some young people trained up to go and do that. We need new doctors. We need new nurses. And historically, the, the um, requirements have always been too high and certainly high in such a way that they wouldn't get the right type of people. They may have people that have very good memory recall, those who are possibly good at math and English solely because they have a good recall or a, a functional brain, but po possibly not a critical thinking brain. And I would suggest that those who make the best nurses and doctors and ambulance drivers would be people who can think critically. They certainly advocated well for themselves, those who said no. I'm not getting that particular jab. But this is what's happening in Australia, people. And when, when do we wake up? Well, hopefully not when it's too late. That might be the case, but let's just pray that isn't the case. And it's only through our own silence that it has got to this. And we need to ramp it up. We need to get a lot louder and scream from the rooftops, get out there, make some changes, ring these MPs, tell them they're not going to uh, uh, take it anymore. And uh, again, you know, don't, don't just rely on the Liberal and the Labor Party to solve your problems. They are your problem.
They are entirely your problem along with the mainstream media. Now, for a complete list of shows, uh, uh, of our shows here and a schedule offered at TNT, simply visit the website at tntradio.live. We serve up the latest live news and uh, a current affairs presented by a host of credible and expert commentators who can separate fact from fiction, truth from propaganda right here at TNT. There's a lot going on, so it's important to stay informed and up to date. Get ready, because here we go. At the top, 30 minutes past and when it breaks. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And it's that part of the program. We welcome the wonderful Gemma Cooper. Hey, Gem. Hello, Dean. Yes. Hello. Hello. Yeah, it's interesting. We talk so much about parallels, don't we, between Australia and the UK uh, when we meet at this time of the day, early morning for me, afternoon for you. But, uh, you know, ramping or waiting times in ambulances. Again, we've had that in the UK. Ten hours, some hospital trusts have come under fire at the end of last year, uh, waiting lists at an all time high. Um, and the thing is, like you say, you know, we're not going to take it. But what do you do unless unless people en masse go in and re restructure the way hospitals work and the staff that they've got? It is a massive massive issue here too uh, people dying on, on trolleys and corridors and you think how did we get here you know we're first world countries but it's exactly the same here exactly the same in terms of ramping as you call it wait times uh, not being seen not enough staff uh, staff not speaking english in some cases especially in, in care homes you had that awful story that you and i discussed of that lady who died after being stuck on a stairlift and the staff couldn't um, relate back to the paramedics uh, what was what was wrong because they just couldn't speak the language and the poor lady died. Uh, so yeah, very similar parallels uh, us and you, unfortunately. In general, of course, the one thing that is different between the UK and Australia is that you didn't have a significant amount of medical personnel who had to step down because they refused to get jabbed. The fact that you've got that happening there as well, despite having probably a full staffed, you know, compared to us here in Australia because of the jab requirements, et cetera, et cetera, would suggest there's something else going on. There are just more, more people getting sick than the hospital systems have ever had to cope with. Yeah, there is that. There is that. The the overwhelming burden, if you want to call it that, on the NHS that happens with increasing regularity every winter, definitely. We hear we have been hearing headlines nearly all my career now, at least half my career. Oh, worst winter ever for the NHS, worst winter ever for the NHS. And you're like, well, you know, the NHS was clearly not fit for purpose in the busiest times. And of course, what we've got to compound this now is that the junior doctors walked out yesterday for a six-day strike, a longest strike in the NHS's history. Uh, and that will put a further burden on an already massively overstretched system. But yeah, the amount of people seeking services from that part of our, um, you know, government provided and we pay for it has never been higher. And uh, yeah, it cannot cope. And Gemma, let's just take that one step further. I mean, here's a guy who died. So there was no avoiding this story. This story was going to get out there. What about all the people that have had strokes where if you don't get some sort of attention immediately, the outcome is completely different. I mean, you could be someone who recovers fully versus somebody who is forever damaged. And again, this ramping is going to be causing all sorts of problems that we don't hear about as well. And we need to hear about it. We need the word to get out there. And here we are talking quite often about immigration into this country. Why don't they nitpick the people that they do bring in? And that, why don't they bring us people that can drive ambulances and who are qualified, who can work in our hospitals, uh, because our people need some looking after. And then they would be more than welcome to come. I think everybody would agree. Yeah. And the problem we have uh, is that people come over 
to the UK because obviously the NHS is a free, effective, effectively free service. I mean, you might pay for prescriptions, some people, but you know, people come over for that very reason to get treatment um, because it's free, and we do have that significant problem, um, and and we do have the issue of uh, foreign staff within the NHS uh, more now because of Brexit and the complications of that. A lot of staff who were here under you know before we left the EU, they went home, so we now are facing a recruitment crisis especially with nursing um but but you know are they are they qualified for the job but when we're just desperate to the desperate rural college of nursing to fill fill places here um but desperate time shouldn't lead to desperate measures you need the right people in the right roles as you rightly say well we're certainly desperate and everywhere you go now we've got people talking i mean blog after blog and video after video of people talking about excess deaths they're at the point now where you cannot ignore them and it's getting pretty obvious that those in the media those who would have chafed at the bit to be talking about a story like this historically you know and get to the bottom of it uh absolutely it cannot be ignored anymore the fact that it is being ignored uh, means that they are either under instruction not to do so um or worse but uh, we need to look into it and that's why people are turning in ever greater numbers to places such as tnt for the truth because you're not going to get it uh in too many other places and the internet's going to come under attack imminently uh with all these new misinformation disinformation and inverted commas uh rules anyway Gemma well, what have you got for us today we're just on the excess deaths actually I just did, I did see our esteemed colleague Katie Hopkins yesterday she put something out on social media saying to all of her ex-mainstream colleagues she's saying who's bought your silence on yeah. excess deaths who's bought your silence I thought it was just genius uh, will she get a response I don't know um, but obviously Katie had a very successful career in massive mainstream outlets and she's saying look this is a story that you would as you say Dean this is a story any self-respecting journalist would be jumping on but something is going on in terms of, of, of censorship we won't touch this story even though figures from the office for national statistics government official figures prove beyond a doubt that the excess deaths are at record highs yeah very interesting times um the other story uh, dominating the rounds this morning is obviously the the epstein file epstein files um which you know they're not a, like a criminal list um or anything like that. they are just a, a previously you know unseen documents from virginia jeffrey's uh, lawsuit her defamation lawsuit against Ghislaine maxwell but but some of the revelations that are coming out i mean social media i don't normally like engage too much in social media because it's like there's a lot of stuff on there that's completely unsubstantiated and it's just speculation and personal opinion but some of the stuff you know relating to things like and i'm not speaking of the dead but stephen hawking you know allegedly uh, uh, attended this underage orgy and virginia jeffrey's friends were apparently you know going to be offered money i.e paid off to try and say oh no those allegations are false um but there's a lot of <laughs> quite entertaining i don't want to laugh about it i mean you know but there's some interesting memes on the internet let's just uh, put it that way but you know that there's nothing really like prince andrew's been named well surprise surprise uh, bill clinton's been named well surprise surprise michael jackson um but what's interesting is you know a well-known prime minister that, that that raises a few eyebrows um and the fact that you know there are rumors that she was um trafficked uh, to have sex with world leaders and then report back to epstein who would then you know blackmail now if you'd have talked about that 20 years ago that's all conspiracy theory isn't it you know if you were to say even at the time of epstein killing himself in inverted commas if you expressed an opinion that maybe everything was not what it seemed most people would raise an eyebrow and go oh, don't be ridiculous and he's obviously topped himself but now with these revelations coming out and more to come more, many more to come over the following weeks um it, it is so apparent that the, the the world of the elites and the 
uh, rich and famous is very mucky, very sordid. Uh, you know, Naomi Campbell's name has been banded around. Um, uh, that, was she on the island? Was she not? She, there's lots of photos with her and Epstein and also Virginia Jeffrey when she was very young um, that are doing the rounds. It's just, you know, we'll, unless you were on that island with all of these people, unless you were there and you're in the room, you don't really know. But I think we've all, and I think people in the chat and you know, our listeners, we, we do have a very clear idea of what was going on there. Nobody believes he topped himself. Same with uh, Jean-Luc Brunel, the, the French modelling agent who allegedly committed suicide as well last year while he was being investigated for rape and, and trafficking girls as young as 12, actually, to Epstein and the island. Uh, he apparently provided passports for 12-year-old girls, 12, and they're just the ones we know about. Michael Jackson as well, we all know the allegations against him that have come out since his death. You know, how young are we talking about that children were on that island that we'll never know about, we'll never hear their names, we'll never, you know, see their faces, we'll never hear their testimony ever. Um, but there will be much, much more to come. As I say, this isn't some kind of client list. This is previously unseen documents <clears throat> from her defamation case. But, you know, we've had some big names, this unnamed well-known prime minister, you know, we've got hotel bosses, all kinds of people here. Um, it's, it's just a very grubby, horrible, sordid story, but it involves the most powerful people on the planet. Yeah, and it's a story that's not going to go away anytime soon. Many people arguing that he was procuring people, uh, getting photos photos of them in some very uh, uh, incriminating you know, circumstances so that they could control them in later years. And I mean, that rings true because quite often you wonder how can people be doing this, you know, to their own people, their own families, passing law rules, laws, legislation that is of benefit to nobody except maybe the elite of the planet. And uh, again, it, it does tie in. It doesn't seem unrealistic that that could be the case. And because I've always wondered how, how do they control these people? So perhaps that is the case. Anyway, time will tell Gemma Cooper. And of course, you'll be back this time uh, next hour. And we look forward to it here at TNT. TNT Radio's James Freeman. We have new revised figures from the Office for National Statistics showing that legal, that's not illegal, that's legal, net migration to the UK has witnessed one of the largest increases on record. Three quarters of a million additional people are now living in the UK in the space of just one year. A huge number that comes just three years after we left the European Union. Now, I didn't vote for Brexit um, because of immigration. I voted because of democracy, but millions did vote because they think too many people are coming into the country, which makes what the government has allowed to happen an absolute two fingers up to the people and democracy. Another example, if we needed another, of how the government does the exact opposite to what the people want and vote for. The Freeman Report and James Freeman on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. In other news, a recent government report on prescription drug pricing points to corporate mouth. Freedom of the press is about your right to know. What are you talking about, man? Look at this stuff. It's about your right to be informed. Your right to access all types of information keeps us free as a nation. No, 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 no. Today, there are real threats to press freedom. And your right to know about the world around us. Look. Some threats are obvious, some are easy to miss, but they all put our way of life at risk. We must defend against all of these threats 
no matter what kind of news is important to you. Justified putting American troops in harm's way. That's a great question. We must protect our right to know before it's too late. Understand the threats. Protectpressfreedom.org. So many people who had no history of heart illnesses have got it now, or blood clotting after the COVID-19 vaccination. Punish those who hurt people with COVID madness. Lighting the fuse for freedom. TNT Radio. Yeah, and as per the ad, it really is horrific. Everybody knows somebody that's uh, having some sort of adverse outcome. And if you game enough, if you game enough to have a, a bit of a upfront and personal conversation with somebody who you think you know pretty well who might open up to you i think you'll find that those who have been vaccinated almost everybody doesn't feel quite as they did prior to being vaccinated and i've had that conversation with a whole bunch of people who have just opened up to me i don't do it to be a a busybody i do it because i'm trying to help because i'm trying to raise awareness and i think people will intuitively pick up on that so bring it up in a conversation get them to speak up get them to go and lodge you know uh medically and on the record that they have had some sort of adverse reaction because there would be plenty of people who have never done that and therefore escape their numbers and that suits them and we all know who them is suits them very well uh anyone who's been watching my program for uh, the bulk of last year uh, would know very well Jeremy Beck by voice and if you're watching right now you'll get to know him by face he's a TNT producer he's a commentator a, an experienced researcher and a political consultant he's also got qualifications in engineering and it's my uh, great pleasure to have a chat with him right now Jeremy Beck g'day g'day Dean great to be on your show again mate great to have you on mate you're looking a bit different without the uh the, the glasses there today yeah I thought uh the glasses tend to give that reflection problem so I think uh, I've got big enough text of things I need to cite for you today in the news. Uh, I can read, okay, it's pretty big text. But there's some pretty uh, uh, interesting stories here. One uh, is the Queensland Australian coal company, New Wilkie Energy, has appointed administrators and now 300 jobs are at risk. So uh, not a good time for these poor people uh, just after Christmas. Uh, now uh, at the point of losing their jobs. Actually, more than 100 workers have been laid off, and then you've got the, the other couple of hundred extra at risk. Uh, this is in the Western Downs coal mine after its owner went into administration. Uh, the new Wilkie Energy was placed into administration on the 27th of December. It operates the Wilkie Creek mine near Dolby, which is about 200 kilometres west of Brisbane. Uh, it acquired the mine site in July of 2021 from mining giant Peabody Energy. Uh, the company planned to produce about 2.4 million tonnes of coal a year for Asian markets, and its understood mining operations will continue uh, while this administration is in process. Uh, but it's a dark cloud hanging over these workers, obviously. The um, thermal coal is currently trading at US $127 a tonne, which is actually much lower than the $400 or more than $400 a tonne that it reached in 2022. Uh, and that was following the um, intervention by Russia into Ukraine, which triggered this uh, spike in the coal price, but it's now quite low. So I think that's one of the reasons. Uh, but of course, we've just had the COP28 climate conference and uh, no doubt that has uh, put a dampener on any coal business, but particularly 
in countries like Australia, where there is a great hostility towards so-called fossil fuels. So not good news for those people, Dean. Mate, certainly not. And correct me if I'm wrong, is that not the mine that was going to go a little bit green with wind and some solar as well? Yes, correct. Uh, it had planned to build a 400 megawatt solar farm and a 200 megawatt wind farm at the site. Uh, pretty crazy stuff, really. I mean, I, I see the problem, Dean, is that these companies are just too afraid to just call a spade a spade and just say, look, there's no problem with, with coal. It's not causing a climate crisis. This is a big hoax. No, they don't want to go there. They they just want to play it softly, softly. We don't want to upset the markets. We don't want to upset the the globalists, the uh, IPCC. Uh, it, it's just they, they don't have spine. All the coal companies don't have spine or any of the oil companies, the gas companies don't have the spine to say this is a complete fraud because they know that the mainstream media is going to viciously attack them and they're not game to have that fight. But if they don't have that fight, they go out of business, Dean. Yeah, mate, it's uh, it's pretty much like life. If you don't defend yourself, you're always going to come off second best. And these days, all I have to do is speak up. It's that easy. And can you imagine how generations in this country are going to think of us? All they had to do at some point was speak up. There wasn't much they had to do. And there will be lots for future generations to contend with as a result of, of uh, I guess, our current generation not doing a, a great deal. But, mate, when it comes to coal, I think a lot of it, as you suggested, comes to do with the Ukraine-Russia conflict. The West thinking that they could uh, bully the uh, the Russians' economy around the, the the Russians are doing just fine. They're doing better than they have in a long time. And uh, certainly we have shot ourselves in the foot. The West have done that and we're the ones that are paying the price for this. So uh, again, it's something I don't think we, 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 we are going to learn any lessons, but the Russians are doing rather well as a result. For sure, Dean, the, the Russian economy has done remarkably well. The sanctions haven't impacted them very much at all. I think one of the reasons there is the close relationship with China. And China's such a huge economic force, it doesn't matter if Russia can't trade with Europe or United States. Trade with China is massive in itself. Uh, look at China's market, the, the biggest manufacturing powerhouse in the world. And there's a lot of uh, trade in other commodities right across those borders, not to mention the other BRICS partners. And of course, the BRICS nations uh, have grown or the BRICS group has grown now. Uh, so that's a force to be reckoned with. Uh, and here in Australia, we're just shooting ourselves in the foot by uh, you know getting rid of these coal mines, the coal, the coal projects. Meanwhile, India, China, they're opening new mines and they're building new coal-fired power plants. It just makes no sense for us to be shutting ours down. Yeah, there was an interesting, I'm trying not to laugh, a meme I saw the other day and it had bricks with a few of the BRICS leaders versus a word that rhymes with bricks that might start with the letter P and a bunch of our leaders underneath that was rather amusing and was getting a... a quite a few views. Maybe we'll get to uh, uh, the short news headlines and we'll be back to discuss other things with Jeremy Beck here at today's News Talk TNT. The news right here. TNT Radio Matt News. Matt here with a look at your TNT headlines. The first batch of sealed court documents containing the names of dozens of people linked to deceased pedophile Jeffrey Epstein have been made public. 
The Israeli Defence Force is being sued over its actions during Hamas's October 7 attack on the Supernova Music Festival. And Russia and Ukraine have carried out a major prisoner swap, with each side releasing more than 200 captives, the exchange made possible by the United Arab Emirates. Don't miss a thing. Be sure to download the TNT radio app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play so you can easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime. Available right now to download. Keeping you up to speed on TNT radio. And we're back at today's News Talk TNT. I'm with Jeremy Beck, uh, TNT producer and commentator, also a qualified uh, engineer as well. We get to chat about some terrific things now. Of course, the Democratic Republic of the Congo it's got some of the highest levels of poverty and uh, inequality in the world. Now, that's a report by the World Food Program, combined with uh, recurring regional conflict and insecurity. Now, this place is an absolute basket case, a population of 5.5 million, and about 52.5 of those live in abject poverty. Just the type of place you'd want to move to, isn't it, Jeremy Beck? <laughs> Hardly. <laughs> it's a hellhole, isn't it? Uh, there are many hellholes in the world, Dean. Uh, one of uh, those is right now Gaza. And unfortunately, Israeli officials, according to media, have plans for the Gazans to move to the Congo, the Democratic Republic of Congo uh, and other African countries. So um, this, this has been reported by the Times of Israel on Wednesday. Plans for the so-called voluntary resettlement of people. <laughs> Did I have much choice? Uh, uh, <laughs> from the besieged Palestinian enclave uh, to the Central African country are slowly becoming the key policy of Benjamin Netanyahu's coalition. And there's a quote here, the Congo will be willing to take migrants and we are in talks with others. Uh, so they didn't name any official. There was an unnamed official in the article there from the Times of Israel. Uh, but there have been similar discussions on this, Dean, and they have been slapped down. A US State Department spokesman, Matthew Miller, said on a, in a statement on Tuesday, the United States rejects recent statements from Israeli ministers Benelez Sometrich and Itamal Ben Gavir advocating for the resettlement of Palestinians outside of Gaza. He added, the rhetoric is inflammatory and irresponsible. Uh, so uh, Bezalel Smotrich uh, dismissed the US objection on Wednesday and he claimed that some 70% of Israelis support the proposal to send the people of Gaza to uh, elsewhere. And he says uh, 2 million people in Gaza wake up every morning with the desire to destroy the state of Israel. Uh, so, of course, that's his rationale. Uh, they want to destroy us. We want to move them out somewhere else in, in uh, the world. So I don't think it's going to have much support worldwide. Certainly, officially, the United States government doesn't support it. And then we get to the point, Dean, why should the, the people of Gaza, the Palestinians, why should they have to move? It's their home. It's their parents' home. It's their grandparents' home. Uh, their Palestinian people have been there for generations and generations. We can argue how many hundred or thousand years, but certainly a hell of a long time. Why should they move out of their home? Well, I think you get a lot of people that would agree with you on that, unless you're a member of Hamas itself. I couldn't, I, I was literally almost laughing 
when, uh, you know, America is saying, no, you can't do that. I mean, we all know if you have a look at America politically, Israel has a tremendous, I mean, and that's understating it, uh, amount of influence in America. But America, I would suggest, other than a token uh, uh, amount of interest, uh, they don't have much pull in Israel. Israel will do as Israel likes. And if they uh, can bribe somebody or, or get someone on the payroll over in the Congo or other Western nations, and of course, I would suggest not too many people who are who are living in the Congo would be too keen to have a bunch of people come into their country, especially when already living in abject uh, poverty, when they are literally starving, some of them, uh, they wouldn't be too keen on that. But of course, as we have found here in our Western nations, it only takes your leaders to say, come one, come all. And when it comes to America saying that that's not acceptable, you can absolutely see them uh, opening their, their doors, their gates and saying, come on into a significant amount of Palestinians so they don't have to go to the Congo. And that would not surprise me one little bit, nor would it surprise me if the UK, Australia, New Zealand, Canada and other countries do it imminently as well. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, the, the people in Congo would be very upset of having all these people from the Middle East come in their territory. It's likely to sell, set off another series of racial yes. conflicts. And that's the last thing the world needs. We've already seen many, many wars in Africa over certain tensions. And when you have poverty, I think that's the, the big problem. People uh, at their wits end and they'll fight over just about anything to the death. Uh, when you have wealth and wealth creation, people don't want to fight. They've got too much to lose. And I think that's one of the big problems in the world is that these conflict zones, people got nothing to live for and they're willing to, to die. Uh, and to resolve all these problems in the world, we need some big program economic development for peace, which has been proposed for the Middle East. There have been many proposals uh, for, for building infrastructure and irrigation infrastructure, all sorts of things in the Middle East, because what do they need there? They need water and there's not too much of it in that region. There are so many proposals for, for uh, desalination and irrigation schemes and manufacturing, and uh, you could green the deserts. Uh, you, you can just see what the Israelis have already achieved in some countries in, in desert-prone areas. Uh, you, you just add water and they bloom. There's a lot of nutrients in those soils. That's the sort of thing that we need to get people on a mission for the future to work together in productive programs rather than just blowing each other up, which is just so horrible what's going on in the world. Yeah, I think it's a good point. I mean, you can move into somewhere like old Palestine, today's Israel, you can turn a desert into an oasis with these desalination plants and then things are plentiful. And what's the old saying, you know, don't don't give a man a fish, teach, teach a man or a woman to fish and then they can feed themselves forever. And if we did that in Africa, um, and lent a hand, why would anybody ever want to leave Africa? It would be a terrific place. It looks like uh, it would be a wonderful place to live in the South Africans. Uh, traditionally, maybe not so much these days, but um, historically proving that, you know, you can turn Africa into a very livable place. And of course, with uh, apartheid and whatnot, I'm not getting into any of that. That's a whole different story. But the simple fact is, um, you know, Western civilization seem to thrive uh, very well in the south part of Africa. And I, I dare say you could do that anywhere in the world if you have a group who are who are homogenous, who work together, who work for the greater good, certainly uh, not when you have uh, politicians and media who want to tear you apart and turn you against your neighbour. And I think that is the problem with everywhere or most places in the world these days. Oh, sure, Dean. And the media do a great job of that dividing us, uh, trying to find divisions on racial lines or between men and women or or gay and straight or anything that they'll they'll try and whip people up. They they seem to take 
great pleasure. This mainstream media, the corporate-owned media, in dividing us to try and find some sort of a difference to get people fighting against each other rather than our common enemy, which is the, the globalists who are really destroying all of our lives. Yeah, mate, it really does seem very insidious. And the more you think about it, especially uh, sometimes it's what they do say. And it was very strong. It was very disproportionate, that push for us all to get jabbed three years ago. Hence why, you know, so many of our radars triggered so very early saying we're not getting that. And likewise, subsequently, inversely, if you like, the silence is now almost deafening as to the results of making that uh, uh, just criminally bad decision over time. Jeremy Beck, appreciate you uh, more than you might know and mate, look forward to doing it again next time here at TNT. Thanks, Dean. Everybody stick around. We're going to be talking to Steve Dixon right up after this break. It's been said that when someone you love has Parkinson's, you have Parkinson's. The truth is Parkinson's disease doesn't just affect the diagnosed. It affects everyone who supports and helps care for them. Worldwide, over 10 million people are living with Parkinson's, a neurological disease that affects movement. And with so many places to search for information, it can be difficult to know where to begin. The Parkinson's Foundation has answers. Answers for everyone in the fight. We can help you understand the disease, help you find expert care, give you tips for living a better life, share the latest research, help you find local support, and there's a free helpline you can call. Find your answers and join us in the fight against Parkinson's. To learn more, please go to parkinson.org or call 1-800-4PD-INFO. The Parkinson's Foundation. Better lives together. I was such a young age. Everything changed. My name is Chloe. When I was 13, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. When I found out I just didn't know how to react. I felt like everything was just kind of closing in on me. It just became a routine. Dad's doing chemo. I'd come home from school, wait for mum to finish work, and we'd go straight to the hospital, spend a few hours there, just draw. It was hard to navigate going to school. Hundreds of kids, and I was the only one with a dying dad. He was diagnosed in March, and then he died in October. Towards the end, I heard about canteen. It kind of felt nice to know that they had other people like me. They understood what I was going through and we didn't even have to chat about cancer. In 2020, I became a youth ambassador. So I can help others the way they helped me. I've done so many things since I was 13. I've graduated high school, university, gotten my licence, made a move across the country. Life now is just a whole lot more fun. Please give a gift today to support more young people like me experiencing cancer. Dean Mackin. This is the Dean Mackin Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. And welcome back to TNT. Thanks for hanging around. For those of you listening and who have never watched, we would encourage you to do that. You can do it via Rumble, YouTube, and a bunch of other platforms. It's pretty darn easy. Just go on there and search for TNT Radio live stream, and off you go. And you can't just watch what's happening now. You can typically scroll back a bunch of hours and see what you might have missed before me. So if you were to tune in now, not only could you watch me live, but if you get sick of me, you can scroll back and you can watch what Chris Smith did uh, a couple of hours ago. In fact, he was talking to Jim Ball, Radio Royalty, and he gets to talk to a whole bunch of terrific people on his program. So if you're missing that as well, I would encourage you to do that. Get active, get video 
active. Okay, my next guest, Steve Dixon. He's represented the electorates, uh, I should say, of Kiwana and Buterim as a member of the Queensland Legislative Assembly. He's going to be standing at the next Queensland election as an independent for the uh, for, for Buterim up there. He's a terrific fella. He's uh, been uh, around for a long, long time politically, and he gets a lot done. G'day, Steve Dixon. G'day, Dean. How are you going, mate? Absolute pleasure talking to you. And i uh, got to give TNT a big pump, mate. You're out there telling the truth, and um, not all mainstream media do that. Mate, I think, you know, pretty much as you would find yourself, uh, we couldn't not do it. You know, you're compelled to do it, aren't you? I mean, I certainly thought I'd be uh, you know, running an internet company or something as I used to do years ago, historically, and quite simply, the world changed, and all of us, especially those of us ha who have kids, I mean, we wish to leave the world in a better place than that which we found it, and uh, mate, it's getting harder and harder, isn't it? Well, Dean, I, um, I'm very fortunate. I've got a six-month-old grandson and, mate, I live my life. We've just got to tell the truth. I mean, we are living in very uncertain times. I mean, inflation is out of control. Just name something that hasn't gone up in price. I think the big call is what's gone down in price. And the answer is nothing except the, the quality of our politicians, the quality of the way our country's being run. And, uh, mate, I, I think we're heading into one of those storms that start with S. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> mate... Yeah, the world. I was going to say, I, very, I, very I think quickly. you're spot on. Mate, I, I was just make, making a point. I mean, even our ambulance services, you know, they're, they're all banked up at the. Uh, uh, I was talking about a story, you know, not up in Queensland, but certainly down in South Australia, where a man died waiting 10 hours for an ambulance. And we're starting to see the results of uh, making bad decisions over the last three or four years now. Well, it, it, it happens. It happens everywhere. But I, might, I, I can't bag our lot here quite at the moment because. I was the recipient of an ambulance passenger going back about two weeks ago, mate, and they whipped up here, and I, I didn't know the missus called them. I, I had heat stroke and heat exhaustion, mate, and, uh, mate, I was pretty crook, and Deb rang them up, and they were here within 10 minutes. So, you know, they, they did a pretty good job, and they were all pretty nice sort of fellows too. Well, mate, they're pretty smart up there in Queensland. What they've been doing as well is uh, offering some tremendous incentive packages to get people come up there from other states, paying them ten thousand uh, dollars. I think no, I think it might be ten or twenty grand more than they get paid elsewhere, and like lump sum payments just for coming up and moving state. And why the hell, if you were down in Victoria, if you were an ambulance driver in Victoria, could make better money and get an incentive to move to Queensland? Why wouldn't you do it? Hey, mate, if I was living in Victoria, I'd be living in Queensland. <laughs> it's the last state I could ever dream about living in and I don't understand the people down there at all I mean they keep voting for that bloody atrocious government and thankfully Dan Andrews has gone now but every premier in the country has gone now that uh, let's just say had their forced immunisation their forced border closures their, their draconian laws and I'm happy to see them all go but I hope they're followed by a whole lot more from all sides of politics any politician that stood out there and condemned the people of this country, locked them down, locked them up and destroyed lives, mate, I reckon they should all go. They're just becoming seat warmers. Mate, I agree. I mean, they should all go. I'd like to see them go to jail is where I'd like to see them go for what they've done. <laughs> Unfortunately, mate, you know, they go on to jobs that pay more, that probably require far less work. It's it's the equivalent of the new brown paper bag. And, and it's all above board. It's all legal. And that's the problem. We need to change the law so that they can't do that anymore. Uh, speaking about re-electing and making bad choices, uh, I can't believe I've never uh, found it easy to believe that a uh, state who makes 
politically intelligent choices, in fact, has always been the most politically, uh, in recent times anyway, uh, the most politically astute state in Australia is Queensland. But how the hell did you end up with a Labor government up there? Mate, we've, um, we've had a Labor government for a very long time. I was fortunate to be in the Newman government as a minister from 2012 to, 13, uh, 2012 to 15. And Campbell Newman's a great bloke. Mate, did a fantastic job. It's just problem was he had a whole lot of people behind him that wanted his job, mate, and they undermined him, and it's very frustrating. But when you're a minister in government, you get on, you do the job, you deliver an outcome, and unfortunately, Labor got elected in 2015. They've been there since, and I'm not going to tell you they're doing a good job because I don't think they are. I, uh, I don't think any of them are doing a good job right across our whole country. I mean, you've got to look at the performance, like anything you look at in life you look at a car if your car is not roadworthy it doesn't take you along the road doesn't stop when you want it to doesn't start when you want it to the windscreen wipers don't go you'd probably fix a few things up you know you'd fix the windscreen wipers the wheels or the motor or whatever it took in our case this is australia-wide we've got delinquent governments who really don't care about the people any longer and i think that's what disappoints me and it should disappoint all australians so badly because this is about our kids and our grandkids' future. And I'd ask the question to all your listeners. Do you want your children and grandchildren to grow up in a world like the one that you grew up in, to have the same opportunities, to buy a house, to have cheap electricity, to have cheap water, to have a job, you know, to have friends and not be worried about racial discrimination? I mean, that's the country I grew up in. And today, because we've got all these snowflakes running around the place and running the country... Mate, they want to talk every, about everything else. They want to talk about little boys becoming little girls, little girls becoming little boys. They want to talk about anything but the real problems that are facing our country today. And I'll, I'll give you one burning example. Coal. We export coal all over the world. We'll sell it to China. We'll sell it to India, even the Ukraine. They want to give it to them. But we're not going to be able to use it here in Australia after 2035. Ask yourself the question, people. Why can't we have cheap electricity like all the countries we export coal to? Right, it's a good question. You also hit the nail on the head with those distractions. And we all know how a magician works. They get the pretty lady to walk across, you know, and while they do the trick with the right hand or they wave the left hand while they do the trick with the right hand. And that's exactly why the duopoly has all these things that they agree with and disagree with. And we're so happy that, you know, the Liberal Party, for example, believes that there might be two sexes or even they don't really do that anymore. But let's say we were still at that point where they did. Um, I will vote for them because they're making common sense choices, but about things we should never have been discussing in the first place. Meanwhile, they're still carrying on with mass immigration. They're still, you know, part of the WHO, both sides. And hence, you've got to ask the question, anyone who's been voting for either side of the duopoly, that be that Liberal uh, or Labor, over the last 30, 40 years, simply have a look back at 1984 and not the movie, the year, <laughs> and compare it to 2024. And if you think the duopoly that have been in power federally about half and half, for that time, it's pretty even. Mate, have a look how we got from there to there. If either side was good, how could we possibly have made that trip from there to here? Dan, you, you, you couldn't have pointed it out any more clearly. I mean, pull out an electricity bill from 1984, and I know things have gone up, but not gone up at the rate they have now. I mean, I read in The Australian yesterday that energy prices are gonna go up again this year. I mean, why? Why are they continuing to go up? We're being told that 
Green energy is good for us. You know, we, we've got to get solar. We've got to have wind-fired power stations. And you've got to call these things what they are. They're, they're actually, they're factories, you know, solar factories and wind factories. I mean, they clear the top of mountains. They destroy the environment totally. But we're being told it's environmentally friendly and it'll kill birds and goodness knows what else. But it doesn't deliver baseload energy. And I think that's the great disappointment. I just wish they would stop lying to us and telling us the sky's pink. It's not. It's, it's blue half the time and the rest of the time it's raining up here. But mate, it's very frustrating that they continue to just lie, lie, lie and tell us how good it is. But it's not. You know, things are going off a clip. Cliff, the country is in pretty bad shape since 1984, and I think they've just they've been a part with their policies of destroying the fabric of the family unit. They've absolutely ripped it to pieces by forcing both members of the family to go to work, mum and dad, uh, because both of them have got to work these days to buy a house, and they probably need to bring in another partner these days too, and I'm not advocating for that because the cost of housing is absolutely out of control, and there's... There's some pretty simple solutions and it gets down to planning schemes right across our country. Why can't farmers knock a one acre block off most of their properties so that when they do retire, they retire to that one acre block, put themselves a nice little home on there, sell the farm. I mean, that frees up a lot of land across our country and it doesn't matter where it is in the country. It might be in Budrum, might be outside of Melbourne. You might have a couple of acres. Do you need two? Maybe you could live on one. You know, there's another block of land. Why always continue to play to the big developers and go, hey, you guys can have the lion's run, create a whole lot of 250 square metre blocks and I'm sure everybody's going to be happy. They're not happy, they can't afford it and we've got to start to look at doing things differently. Right, we certainly do. A couple of things that you said, you know, uh, about our electricity prices back in 1984 and when they sold off the grid, you know, when they sold off our electricity, for a pittance and have a look and i think perspective is a beautiful thing have a look at the pittance that they sold off our electricity infrastructure for including the poles and wires that they've leased out you know overseas for a hundred years so you know we'll you know they, they're gone um and then have a look at how much they spend on face masks and you know paying people not to go to work and pcr tests and experimental vaccines have a look at that immense probably half a trillion dollars just spent over the last four years yet we sold off our electricity grid for such a small fraction of that and again it's like the people that had shares in the nrma oh gee they're offering me money for my shares oh, here i am hard owner in a not-for-profit insurance company that's keeping every other insurance company in this in this country, you know, on par with really good prices. And now I'll just sell that off. And whoever bought that obviously got their money back in a few years. NRMA is now one of the most expensive insurers. I don't even look at them for a quote ever because I know they're not, they're typically not going to be very cheap unless you've got a, a caravan, mate. So we, we've done this to ourselves through making bad decisions through being quiet, through, I think, you know, some people have used the word rank cowardice has got us from there to here and in increments. I think Jordan Peterson was the one says, you know, you step up to someone, they're a bit uncomfortable, you wait for them to get used to it. Typically only, you know, uh, days or, or weeks for them to get used to it. Before you know it, you've took, taken another step and you're miles away from where you started. That's how we got to where we are now. But how do we fix it? How do we go back, Steve? That is the question. Dean, I, I think it's people like yourself, to be brutally honest. I mean, you, you reflect over the last three years, we've all had a lot of time to do a lot of study. And the thing I think none of us can question is, is that governments, mainstream media, tore us apart. They turned us against each other. And what they fear 
They fear more than anything else is that we actually unite as a people and go, it's not good enough. We're not going to cop this anymore. And again, I say to all of the listeners of TNT, run for local government, run for state government, run for federal government, put your hands up because we need real people making real decisions and just do one term. Don't do two or three, just go in there for one term and change the country for the better because I know there's some extremely smart people out there, young, old and retired, they could all put in three, four years of their life to make the life of their children and their grandchildren better. And that's what I want to inspire people to do. I'm going to spend this year doing just that. And Dean, I haven't made up my mind if I'm going to run for state government at the next election, mate. That's something that I'm leaving open. So I need to clarify that with you too. But mate, I say no to nothing and yes to everything because if you don't keep an open reflection upon the world and leave your options open, mate, you're limiting yourself. You're limiting everybody around you. And I just think we can all do better. You're doing an excellent job. TNT Radio is doing an excellent job. You know, we've got people like Craig Kelly. We've got Rookshan. We've got Malcolm Roberts. You know, you've got Arby Annam down in Victoria. I mean, there are great people everywhere across our country who want to make a difference. We just got to help them. Yeah, mate, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I'm someone like you. You know, I said after the first time I ran uh, but politically, you know, not you know, I was second on the ticket behind Brian Burston, and there was a time there I thought I might have actually got in, and I said I'll never do this again ever. And there I was at the last federal election, running for Clive Palmer as, as one of his uh, lower house candidates. But mate, only because I felt compelled to do something, also because I thought Australia had woken up after the last three or four years. But I, I, mate, I wouldn't be surprised if I do find you there running in the state election. I mean, and mate, we need people like you in there to do it. I mean, we've gone from you know uh, Palaszczuk who I thought was dreadful, to somebody who almost makes her look like a rock star, Stephen Miles. I mean, he's dreadful. He's actually worse than her. Well, I, I can't deny that I, um, I was in Parliament with Stephen for, and he took over the environment. He took over national parks from me when I, I was the minister in 2015. Um, but I can't say I, I dislike the guy. It's just it all gets down to the quality of the people that we have in Parliament, are they capable of actually running the bureaucracy? That's the first question you've got to ask. Do they have the knowledge, the experience and the skills to walk into the job, hit the ground running and say, this is where we're going. Get out of the way, bureaucracy. These are the 10 things that we all agree upon that are going to make our country a better place, or in our case, make Queensland a better place. You know what I, in a perfect world, and I'm going to say the bloke's name because, mate, there's not many people in the country that can actually afford to run election campaigns. Clive Palmer, can you imagine if Clive went out there and, you know, he threw $25 million at the next state election in Queensland and he got a bunch of really experienced people that were keen to get out there and have a go and make our state the best state in the country. You know, wouldn't that be a really, really good thing? And I mean, if you got the right sort of candidates, and there's a lot of people in local government who would put their hand up in a heartbeat, they are skilled people that have got the credentials to make a difference. And, mate, they'd probably be one-termers. But one term could turn our whole state around. I mean, why is Queensland the only state in Australia that doesn't have a Senate? That's a good question to ask, too. It's a terrific question and one that we can discuss next time because we've run out of time. Steve Dixon, uh, we will talk again on a regular basis, I absolutely guarantee. Mate, I, I really do hope, hope that you do run up there in Queensland because we need terrific people, fair income. 
people, genuine Aussies such as yourself. And I remember having a chat with Clive on his boat and I said, mate, why are you doing this? And he said, because my daughters have to grow up in the same world that your kids do too. And a better answer God, you couldn't possibly get. Dean, God bless you and God bless TNT. Listeners, keep following this station. It's as good as it's going to get. Good on you, Steve Dixon. We'll chat again, and certainly everybody who uh, is uh, on air, I'm oh, sorry, online right now, either listening or watching watching us, I would love you to make the latter your preferred option. Get onto TNT Radio on YouTube. You can do it on Rumble. Click on the live stream, and you can watch us do our thing and talk to terrific people such as Steve Dixon. We're going to be back with our UK-centric hour right after this, so stick around. This is today's News Talk, TNT.